Paul is writing to young Timothy in this passage of Scripture. And among the things that he tells them, he gives him a charge uh, before the Lord and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and his appearing and his kingdom. And he tells him, uh, he said, Timothy, preach the word. I'm going to preach tonight on the subject, the power and effectiveness of preaching the word of God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of the message tonight, but the purpose of the message is not just for this evening. It is an understanding of truth. It is a philosophy. It is understanding that in the last days, while there will be some that will heap to themselves teachers that will tell them what they want to hear, we need preachers who will preach the word to tell us what we need to hear. And I pray that you would help us tonight that our course would be set. And if there is any question or doubt about the course that we're on in these last days, Lord, that that doubt would be removed and we would understand the importance of following your word until we come home to glory or until you call us home from this life. Bless the message tonight, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. The Bible has very much to say about preaching. I uh, find in Matthew chapter 4, where the Lord Jesus has spent 40 days in prayer and fasting, the Bible says in that same chapter, Matthew 4 and verse number 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 27, Jesus said, what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Now just that picture alone gives us an idea of what preaching is supposed to be. He said, what I tell you, he said, I want you to preach it, not in the basement, not behind the house, not where nobody can hear, but I want you to get on the housetop so everybody can hear what I have given you to preach. Luke chapter 4, uh, the same chapter that deals with uh, the time of the Lord Jesus in his prayer and fasting in both Matthew and Luke, the Bible says, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. I believe preaching does all of those things. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. To that point, Paul had preached everywhere except Rome, desiring to be in Rome. He said, I desire to come there and preach as I have throughout Asia and elsewhere. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 16, Paul said to the church at Corinth, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid hold upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not 
the gospel. Second Timothy chapter four and verse number two, Paul, when he is speaking to the next generation, he tells him, I want you to preach the word. <coughs> this is going to be a tough sermon to preach with a cough. You'll have to say amen when I pause. <clears throat> be instant in season, out of season. We're going to look at these words tonight. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. From the beginning of the ministry of the Lord Jesus to the end of Paul's ministry and his commission to the next generation, <coughs> Paul commissioned them to preach the gospel. Wait just a minute. <coughs> to the preaching of the word of God in our day. The greatest challenge is a replacement of preaching with a talking, a sharing, a discussing, talking about things that we want to hear rather than we need to hear. Some would like to reduce church to a discussion around a round table. Someone would, uh, some would like to reduce Sunday school where a teacher teaches the Word of God, transfers a truth of the Word of God to a, they would like to reduce that to a cell group where everyone gives their opinion about the Word of God. I don't find that in the Scripture. <clears throat> some like to present their opinion. Some like the sound of words. And I'll read this passage. In fact, turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6. You go back just a page, maybe two. Some like the sound of words and the impressiveness of words rather than sound doctrine leading us to serve the Lord Jesus and living a clean life. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 3, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. By the way, when Jesus spoke, you never wondered what he was saying. His illustrations were all simple. Everything that he talked about was a common man's understanding. And he said, when you preach, preach like Jesus did in a manner that can be understood. Some folks would rather say, boy, that guy's really smart. When he preaches, he's really smart. What did he say? I don't know, but he sure is smart. Preaching is not to display the education of the preacher. Preaching is to transfer the truth of the Word of God from the Bible to the hearts and to the minds. Are you listening to me? By the way, you'll see it in a minute. Preaching demands listening. I mean, it says, now wait a minute, you've got to listen to me. You come to church to talk. And, and, and I'll show that to you. I'm, gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but that's what preaching does. The Bible says, uh, let's go back to this, 1 Timothy 6, verse number 3, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting, or that means to brag or to boast about questions and strifes of words. Sunday school is not supposed to be reduced to a political talk show. 
Well, this is what I think, and this is what this survey said. Uh, Jesus didn't say go into all the world and take a survey. He said go into all the world and preach the word. That's what he said to do. And so preaching is important. He goes on to say in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 3, 4, and 5, uh, Wherefore cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. Let me give you some instruction. From such withdraw thyself. You go to church and you have more questions than you have answers. Perhaps you didn't hear a sermon preached from the Word of God. And Paul tells Timothy, withdraw yourself. Now some like to call this going deep in the Word and deep in their walk with God, but it is nothing more than working to impress one another with a strange word or impressive vocabulary. Just because a gun shoots above the bullseye doesn't mean it's a really good gun. It simply means you miss the bullseye. Doesn't matter what kind of gun it is. What matters is that the gun shell hits the target that it's aiming at. Now, preaching has a definite meaning. It has a definite place. It has a definite purpose. And those definitions are already given and that behavior is already given. Paul presenting the last days to the coming generation, he boldly and loudly proclaimed to them the importance of preaching the word. Preaching the word is like swinging the hammer and hitting the nail. Preaching the word is like swinging the hammer and driving the stake. I've seen some fellows take a hammer and big tent stake and they just stand there and peck on it. Just peck, peck, peck. And, and you never would get the tent put up. You never would get the stake in the ground. Preaching says take the hammer and swing it and hit the stake and drive it in the ground. You see, preaching is taking the axe and splitting the wood. Preaching is striking the piano key so the sound can be heard. Preaching is putting the pedal to the metal and getting the car going where it's supposed to go. And Paul said, preach the word. Now I want to show you several things we learn from just this simple verse. The Bible, first of all, gives us style in preaching. The Bible says, preach the word. Well, the first thing we learn to find out what that means is what does the word preach mean? It is translated from a Greek word which is equal to the word herald. The word herald means to lift your voice. The word herald means to go to public for all to hear. An emperor would send out a herald to announce a, an announcement or to make a proclamation from the emperor. The herald would make the proclamations in public in a loud, understandable voice with a presentation that demanded respect because it wasn't about the herald. It was about the message of the emperor and it was a responsibility for everyone to hear it as the emperor was 
wanted it heard. And so the herald went out and he lifted up his voice in the public place so that everyone would hear the announcement and everyone would understand what the emperor has to say. May I say tonight, God is greater than an emperor. And his words need to be heard throughout the land and around the world. And it is a responsibility of the men of God to lift their voice, as Jeremiah said, and make it sound like a trumpet for all to hear that we may know what thus saith the Lord. Preaching, preaching is its own definition. I cannot imagine John the Baptist in a polo shirt sitting on a bar stool with an apologetic tone and a feminine voice asking all the children to give consideration to what the Lord Jesus has to say. He is not asking anybody to consider. He just said, I want you to know what the emperor said and what the emperor said goes and I just want you to know what the emperor had to say. My job tonight is not to apologize for the king. My job is not to make excuse for the king. My job is simply come and say, here's what the king has to say and what he said is between you and him, not between you and me. It's just my job for everybody to know what the king has to say. I can imagine when John the Baptist preached, he thundered to the place they thought a tornado was coming. When John preached, they knew. By the way, John didn't go to the town. The town went to the wilderness because there was a preacher out there that had something to say that the people heard. So there is a style. Preaching defines itself. Second of all, I want you to notice the scripture in the preaching. He doesn't just say preach. He says preach the word. I was preaching with a fellow one time and he didn't mean to say this, but this is what he said. He said, I want to talk a little while before I say something. And he did. He talked a long time before he ever said anything. A lot of preaching is like that. They talk a long time and never say anything. The Bible tells us not only to preach and period, but he says, preach the word. You see, preaching is a presentation of the scripture. Preaching is a presentation of the heavenly father. It is the, don't miss it, the transfer of the truth from the book to our hearts and minds. My job tonight is not to display a truth, but try to take the truth and put it in your heart and put it in your mind from the scripture. To go away when you think about preaching. Abraham Lincoln said, when I think preach, I think of somebody that looks like they're fighting bees when they're delivering the message. That's what Lincoln said about preaching. Now the Bible says to preach the word, the scriptures in preaching. The preacher as a herald does not choose his message. He is given a message to proclaim by the master and that message begins with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the greatest story that's ever been told that Jesus came from heaven. He lived among sinful men. He never one time committed to sin. He died on the cross of Calvary as an innocent man dying for the guilty and he died that you and I could go free. Not only did he die, they put him in the grave and after three days and nights, he arose from the grave and I serve not just a loving Savior, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. He's in my heart today and preaching is to 
be the preaching of Scripture. It's not my work to present a book review tonight. It's not my work or responsibility to give another news report. It's not my job to tell you about politics or economics or the current topic of the day. It is the preacher's job, though, to preach the Word of God. I get weary of the crowd that's constantly talking about their interpretation of something in the scripture, but wait a minute, but using it as a reason to circumvent preaching of all the truth that is very plain from the word of God. There are folks sitting around trying to figure out what the fourth horn on the fifth devil of the third toe of the Antichrist means and letting the world die and go to hell. Now there's a lot of things I don't know, but I do know the gospel of Christ and I know everybody needs to hear the gospel. There are things I don't fully understand and I fully cannot uh, explain. And I can tell you, I don't understand that, but I understand this. Jesus died for all men and all men need to hear the gospel of Christ. I also understand enough the Bible to know I'm supposed to live clean and holy and pure and right. And I, I know that there is no misunderstanding of the scripture that excuses me from personal soul winning, that excuses me from personal separation, but the word Word of God is plain and clear enough to keep me busy until Jesus comes. There's a crowd today, they like to see the Constitution of the United States as a living document or a changing document or what they're saying is I can interpret it to give me the right to do anything I want to do is what they're saying. Now the truth is the Constitution is an organic document. Uh, it was written to mean what it says and it says what it means for every generation. It doesn't change with generations and this is not just an organic document. This is an eternal document. This is the word of God and Paul didn't tell Timothy to change the scripture. He said, I want you to continue in the same thing. The things that I have taught, the things that I have given you, I want you to preach the same. So we have the style of preaching, preaching to finds itself. Second of all, we have the scriptures in preaching. Let, let, let me just go ahead and say here, more Christians have been taken from the Bible by studying books about the Bible. I, I'm, I'm leery and weary of those that are constantly recommending books about the book rather than promoting the book. Amen. Preacher, can you recommend a good book on parenting? Yes, the book of Proverbs is a good start. Preacher, if you wanted to study just, just the basics about God, the basics about Jesus, is there a book you'd recommend? Yeah, I'd recommend the Gospel of John. What, what, what about the doctrine of grace? If you wanted to understand the doctrine of grace, is there a book you'd recommend? I recommend the book of Romans. Preacher, what about working and serving God and how to serve God and, and the importance of... Is there a book you recommend? Yeah, I recommend the book of James. What, what, what about prophecy? Is there a good book that you have on prophecy? Yeah, Revelation. Daniel. But those books don't have those spooky little stories in them that wake you up at night and say, I wonder if my curtain moving at 3 o'clock in the morning means anything. <laughs> I wonder if... You know, that book said if you dream the same dream every night for five nights in a row, 
it may mean that you ought to quit eating pizza every night before you go to bed. Now I'm going to tell you something. We're getting to the place today, we want something spooky, something questionable, something we can talk about that you've never heard before. Let's talk about Jesus, the King of Kings is He. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about Revelation. You want to know how it all began? Go to the book of Genesis. You want to know how to live uh, and live a holy life? Read the book of Leviticus. You want a good example of a constitution of how people ought to live uh, among one another as good citizens? Read the book of Deuteronomy. You want to read a book about conquest and doing the will of God? Read the book of Joshua. You want to read a book that uh, uh, that will tell you what happens when everybody does that which is right in their own eyes and they don't follow the word of God. Read the book of Judges. You want to read a book about those that left the will of God just for a little while and decided to sojourn. Read the book of Ruth. I'm telling you tonight, we got to get back to the place that the Bible interests us more than some spooky nightmare or some story somebody has to tell. The Word of God. These books about Calvinism are killing our churches. Here's what the Bible says. Whosoever. Now that includes male and female. Now that's all they are unless you talk to some of the folks at the universities and they'll tell you there's more than that. But the book said there's two, male and female. Whosoever, boy, girl, man, woman, will. That's what the Bible said. Yeah, but I read in this book one time. I don't care what you read in the book one time. I read in this book right here. The book that matters. The book that has been for all eternity and will for eternal ages stand. I read whosoever will. And when you're reading books that bring doubt on whosoever will, throw your books away and get back to the Word of God. There needs to be Scripture in this matter of preaching. Third of all, I want you to notice the season of preaching. According to the Bible, it's always in season. In season, out of season. But what he's saying here, the preacher ought to decide to always declare truth. The preacher is to emphasize preaching regardless. The word in season, out of season, say there is no closed season for preaching. Many churches ignore this injunction about preaching and they want to eliminate preaching from their services and programs. And they want to emphasize 45 minutes of singing and 7 or 8 minutes of a fellow sharing some sweet thought that he got from chicken soup for the soul rather than from the King James Bible. Bible makes everybody feel warm and fuzzy, but the Bible says that there is always, it's always time for preaching. Hey, if you have a youth activity, that's a good time for preaching. If you have a singles fellowship, that's a good time for preaching. If you come together as a group, that's a good, any time's a good time for declaring the truth of the Word of God. But I want you to notice something else. He says here in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Then he says, reprove and rebuke. This is the sacredness of preaching. Now, sacred means holy. Sacred means pure. For example, we used to refer to the hymns as the sacred hymns. They're special. They're holy. They're pure. They're not, I woke up this morning and I was just feeling sort of melancholy. And I wondered if Jesus was still there. 
Hey, folks, he's there regardless if you feel, if you look like a melon or look like a collie, it just doesn't matter. He's there. But, but we've got this idea that, that all of these emotions today, we have to understand something. That, that, that When we talk about sacred hymns, we're talking about how great thou art. Amen. We talk about sacred hymns. We're talking about uh, for such a worm as I that he would die. We're talking about the old rugged cross. We're talking about I sing the mighty power of God. Now preaching that reproves and rebukes, what it means is wash the dirt off. It means to make clear. And I'll just tell you something right now. That goes against the very grain of a narcissist and one who has a domineering attitude. By the way, if you have a domineering attitude, you ain't going to get along with this book much anyway. You're going to look for some preacher who gets, uh, gets his orders from his wife and uh, won't tell you anything to do. It doesn't make her mad. The sacredness of preaching means it brings some sanctity to life. It brings some cleansing. You know, church ought to be a sacred place. Amen. Amen. That's, that's, that's why we wear our Sunday best when we come to church. Something special about this place. We're not coming to show off, but we're just coming to church. We refer to it as the Lord's house. Amen. There's something special about it. Well, preaching is sacred because it includes, you understand, preaching has a responsibility of reproving and rebuking. Here's what folks say. Well, if he thinks he's going to tell me what to do, he's got another thing coming. Hey, folks, I'm just delivering the newspaper. Amen. Just because I threw it on your porch, don't get mad at me. You'll have to call the editor. I didn't write it, I just threw it on your porch. You see, preaching has some sacredness in it. It's supposed to cleanse us. It's supposed to sanctify us. Then I want you to notice in 2 Timothy, I'm saying tonight what America needs is preaching. What God's people need is preaching. What the choir needs is preaching. What the Sunday school teachers need is preaching. What the deacons need is preaching. What the preacher and his family needs is preaching. What the staff and their family needs is preaching. What we need is the preaching of the Word of God. The preaching is like putting soap and water, sometimes a little Clorox, and putting some cleaning in our lives and making us to become more like Christ. Then notice what he says here in verse number two, reprove, rebuke, and then he says to exhort, to exhort. This word means to solicit for truth. You know what it means? Hey, 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 listen to me. That's what it means. It means, hey boys, listen to me. Now I'm telling you the truth. I'm not, I'm not giving you a three little pig story. This is the Bible. I want you to hear the Word of God. I'm soliciting for the truth. Have you ever gone to a place and the sign says no soliciting? That means don't knock on my door and try to sell me insurance. We don't allow soliciting. Now, exhorting means to solicit the truth. I'm knocking on your door tonight and there are no, no soliciting signs in the church. I'm soliciting for the truth. I'm not sharing my opinion. The preacher doesn't come to give his opinion. He comes to preach the Word of God. And I want you to hear me. There are times that folks say, 
well, that preacher didn't do that, and so I'm dismissed from that truth. I want to tell you something. If every preacher in this country turns out to be a crook, I'll still stand before God for the truth of the Word of God. And the behavior of an individual does not excuse me from the responsibility of the truth of the Word of God. We've got to get back to quit apologizing and quit soft-talking and soft-soaping and get back to the preaching the declaration of the truth of the Word of God. Folks say, well, he's just too hard. What it is, he's preaching the Bible, and we can interpret that to say, I don't like Bible preaching. What I like is for folks to make me feel good when I go to church, and so I don't go over there anymore. The soliciting and the preaching, it means to exhort. That means when the preacher says, now get your Bible. Look at your Bible. I want you to see it. I want it to see you. I want you to hear it. Are you with me? And on and on. I am soliciting for the truth. Then I want you to notice he says with all long suffering. You're looking at the verse and say, man, how many different words when I first read that? I didn't see that many words in there. <laughs> Exhort with all long suffering means a steadfastness in the preaching. Now, now, let me give you an understanding of this. With all long suffering doesn't just mean that I am to suffer long with the individual. It means I'm to suffer long with the truth or let the truth have time to work. Folks may not understand it the first time they hear it. They may not get it the first time. But with all long suffering, I'm going to preach it again. I'm going to preach it again. You say, well, it doesn't seem like it's working. May we need something different. Oh, no. We're going to be long-suffering with the truth and with the hearer, and we're going to stick with the truth of the Word of God. Now, now you say, where do you get that? I get that from the very context because he says in the next verse, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. But he's not saying here to change the message. He's saying continue in the message. Be long-suffering and giving the truth. It's like raising children and they get to their terrible twos and now they're eight years old and they're still in their terrible twos. What do you do? You keep doing the same thing. Amen. You know, the biggest fear parents have is when that child turns five years old and you think, boy, when they go to school, they're going to be the first kid going to get kicked out of this school. I know as a kindergartner. And all of a sudden... <coughs> They go into school. Amen. And it seems like everything just clicks. And they obey. You say, not my kid. The teacher called me every day. Well, maybe in the second grade it'll work. <laughs> but I'm still not supposed to change. Amen. Amen. Pacifying this crowd of rebels is not doing anything but causing more destruction in America. Right. <clears throat> you don't pacify rebels you long-suffering or you stay with the truth. Let me give you the last thing. Then it says, with or and doctrine. That's the school of preaching. Ought to learn something when I go to church. Amen. Now, we've got, this, we've got this happening all over the nation today where they've taken the pulpit of wood out. They made the platform look like some kind of a concert and the preacher just sits here because... He's not intimidating that way. It just everything is calm. We're all just sitting in the kitchen. Girls, stop talking and listen to me. 
They just sit there like everybody's in the kitchen. We're just eating a Danish and drinking coffee. That's not what preaching is for. Preaching is saying, hey, the emperor sent me out here and he wants you to know something. And I want you to hear what the emperor says. And the herald stands on the housetop and he proclaims what the emperor says. Let me tell you what preaching has done. Preaching has saved the lost. Rescued the wayward. Brought hope in darkness. Changed continents. Brought revival. Turned the course of history. Rescued the perishing and cared for the dying. Set a many a man on fire to do the will of God. Let's not reduce our preaching to talking and, dis- and discussion. Let's keep our preaching Bible and hot and strong that everybody knows what the emperor has to say. About three weeks ago, Governor Bashir in a news conference said Clays Mill Road Baptist Church was a hot spot. I want to make sure this week it stays that way. <laughs> and that everybody knows when you come to church, the pulpit's going to be a hot spot for truth. Stand with me if you will.